0: It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanas Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
1: 1029 ESPN radio SWX Montana television and the ESPN MT app ton to get to today I figure we'll talk uh, Halloween candy rocan Smith I'm just kidding we're gonna talk about the University of Montana <laughs> and what was yet another heartbreaking loss it's a rare air not familiar territory to be talking about three game losing streaks when it comes to the Grizz but that's where we're at and the Bobcats were off this last week so this is going to be a lot of Grizz and and uh, A lot of Big Sky Conference stuff here during the Montana Football Hour, so we're happy to be with you. Hope you had an outstanding weekend, and thanks so much for joining us here on the radio, the television, and the ESPN MT app. If you're listening on the radio, you know it's 1029 ESPN uh, in Western Montana. If you're watching on TV, SWX Montana Television around the great state of Montana, and if you're streaming in on the ESPN MT app, appreciate you for doing that as well. Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz in studio with me for the first hour, and then our great friend Marty Mornoweg will be in studio uh, with me uh, here on the second hour. Coach Marty and I will talk all the way around the NFL as part of the Monday afternoon quarterback. We also have some high school stuff for you. Usually, we sort of ease our way into this, giving you the results from over the weekend. We'll do that here after a little while, and no need to uh, no no meaning to uh, demean or uh, give a backseat to a lot of the. State playoff action around high school football and the uh, state soccer champions that were crowned over the weekend. First of all, congratulations to the Missoula Hellgate boys. One of the great dynasties in all of high school sports in the Treasure State. Four in a row now for Hellgate. They come out victorious one nothing over Billing Senior in their ninth consecutive state championship match. Unbelievable uh, what Coach Anderson and the guys down there at Hellgate have been able to do. We'll get to all that. We'll get you your playoff uh, results from high school football playoffs as well. But we can't bury the lead. we got to talk about what went down uh, in Ogden, Utah, on Saturday. Your show Outlook, easy as it always is on Mondays. Montana Football Hour here at hour number one. The Monday afternoon quarterback in hour number two. The show Outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in western Montana. Give Brent and his team a a call today. You want to stream the show? ESPN MT app or one zero two nine ESPN dot com. And if you have questions, comments, concerns, four zero six triple eight one zero two nine. That's eight 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 one zero two nine. Call us, text us. All uh, guests will join us via the Rangach Brothers RV phone line. All right, what's up, my man?
2: First of all, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm ready to put October in the rearview mirror a little bit and uh, get ready for crossover season. It's that time of year. We were talking about it earlier today, but... Basketball starting up, football crunch time, soccer, volleyball, they're getting into conference tournament season. So this truly is, I mean, on the sports calendar from a collegiate standpoint, I think November and March are the two best, most exciting months. So about to enter it, but I, along with uh, a lot of people here in Missoula, it's it's a cloud that is kind of hanging over everybody right now. As I drove here, I'm kind of disappointed for all the trick-or-treaters. Rain seems to be in the forecast. It's been gloomy here, right? And I've used this analogy a lot. The Grizzly football, we know by now, three-game losing streaks do not happen. Just the second time it's happened in the last 30 years. And really, since the Don Reed era started, since then... There's only been three now, and this is one of those three. It's just tough sledding. I want to say 35 days it'll be between wins. If Montana's victorious Saturday, right, they're going to go 34 days in between potential victories. It feels like a thousand, especially with the expectations on this football program, the the attention that they get. So I know we're going to dive in and rip off the band aid probably right away, but I'll just say it, it's been a long month, and I'm ready to put it in the rearview mirror, Coulter.
1: Riley Corcum joins us each Monday during the first first. hour here for the Montana Football Hour. Thanks to our proud sponsors, The Advocates, Stockman Bank, and Blackfoot Communications. The Advocates, when you've been in an accident, you feel like you've lost control. With no upfront cost to talk to an advocate, there's no risk in making the first step to taking control of your life again. The Advocates help people who've been injured by another person's negligence every single day. Personal injury is all they do. To chat with an advocate anytime, 24-7, online montanaadvocates.com. Now, this comes with uh, two things that I'll say right off the top before we get into the nuts and bolts of this uh, analysis of Montana's 24-21 loss at Weber State. One, I, as someone that uh, grew up on Grizz football, grew up in Missoula, I I think that you could say that I was uh, certainly immersed in what the expectation of excellence has been at the University of Montana what it takes to get there, uh, what Montana had, and what they are striving to reattain. And so as we always analyze this, this is not through the element necessarily of all the mundane details as much as the broad, and that is that in this league, in this state, in the Big Sky Conference, in the FCS, to me, there is no measure of success besides being the best. Montana has more resources, more tradition, and uh, just an overall richer history, especially recent history, than anybody in the Big Sky Conference. And I, So I think that there's uh, the variety of things you could fall back on. Um, they fall short to me because I think that anything less than conference championships and national championship runs are not meeting what I think the expectation uh, should be at Montana. The other thing is that I totally understand that there are circumstances that affect a season. There are circumstances that affect a game. There are circumstances that affect a play. But it's also very easy to live in a bubble. Injuries are a part of football. There's a chance in which every single team and every single program in the United States of America could lose their best player or all of their best players. That is a very stark reality. Being able to overcome that is part of what college football is all about. And so I, I totally understand that the Grizz went to Weber State shorthanded. I understand that their senior quarterback, Lucas Johnson, uh, was out uh, for this game. And uh, you know I also totally understand this narrative that Bobby Houck is pushing that Montana has lost to two of the five best teams in the country, each won by a single score at Sac State in overtime and against Weber State uh, this last weekend by three points. That said, if you want to be the best, none of that matters. You were going to play two top five teams on the road no matter what. You have to go figure out a way to get victories. And Montana, coming up short, it is what it is. But um, I, I think that there's some parts of this where circumstances do play a factor. There's other parts in which it's always going to be this. And I think that that's always the omnipresent narrative when it comes to Grizz Athletics is, measuring up to the measuring stick.
2: I agree, and I think that they have never shied away from it. We've heard that line a lot, and that's why I feel that people that follow Grizz Athletics love it. The expectation is to be the best, period. There's no second, and there's no justification, I would say, otherwise, especially when you, as you mentioned, the resources that they have, the support they have, the fact they haven't won a Big Sky Conference title in 13 years is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. It,
1: it is. And it's, it's, it's particularly mind-blowing when you consider that there's, uh, well, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, there's only three teams in the Big Sky Conference that have been in the league since the league expanded in 2012 that haven't won a league title. Idaho State, Northern Colorado, and Montana. And Idaho State. Wow. Idaho State is the fourth. Everybody else has at least shared a league title. Cal Poly, North Dakota, UC Davis, Weber State times five, Eastern Washington times five, Montana State times a couple. The Cats actually have the second longest drought of any of the prestigious programs because they haven't won one since 2012. It's sort of crazy to think. I mean, here's the other thing I always harken back to is the Grizz created this monster. The Grizz created this monster. Everybody started investing in football and chasing the Grizz because they couldn't catch the Grizz. Then when they caught the Grizz, now it's the Grizz that are playing
2: chase, and that's so ironic to me. I was going to say short-term and long-term, they've kind of created this beast, right? Back to the success, but even more so, Coulter, in the last 365 days, right? Since the season got over at James Madison... All we had heard about is this is the, this is the team. The yep, RTD yep. is back. This is the national championship team. So I do feel that all the frustrations and everything that we're going to talk about is warranted because they were the ones that created their own expectations for what this year could have been.
1: And I think that's the thing. Montana Football Hour here on is Now ESPN Radio, uh, presented in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman Difference. Sacramento has thirty-six locations around the state of Montana. They're in Montana, only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Um, the internal confidence, I think, is the one of the reasons why the Grizz have had a really hard time adjusting. Is I, I think that they had it in their heads, and this is, always goes back to one of the things I always say on the show: your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Montana's unwavering internal confidence and some would say arrogance, is a huge factor in why they're successful. I also think, though, that they thought they were going to be on a six-game winning streak going into Sacramento State. They were going to get a, a win filled with redemption, and now you're rolling. Now you're number two or number one in the country. You're headed into the, the stretch run of your schedule. You know, look out, Weber State, all that, and it just didn't happen. So I think that one thing has been manifested itself into multiple things, but this harkens back to to three things for me, and we're talking big picture now, not the scope of this actual game on Saturday, but we're sitting here in the, going into November, and the Grizz are two and three in league play. That was an unfathomable situation for me uh, in August. You know, I always think that there's going to be more hiccups along the way than most do. It's my natural cynicism coming to the forefront. But I picked Montana to win the league. Everybody that listens to this show knows that I had the Grizz winning the league. I didn't think they were going to go undefeated, but I definitely thought they were going to still be in the mix for the league title coming down the stretch here, and that's not the case. So this is the big picture that I'm talking right now, though. This comes back to three different things for me. Number one, when Bobby Alk was first hired in the offseason of 2018 leading up to the 2018 season, he made a statement that really uh, sent shockwaves across the Big Sky Conference, and he said the only thing that's different about the Big Sky Conference from when I was here back then to where I uh, to where the Grizz are now is that the Grizz – are not atop the Big Sky Conference. I think now not only could we say that's objectively untrue, but I think that the Grizz have had to learn that the hard way. I don't know if they ever really even could project or predict that Idaho would be what it is this year or that SAC State would beat
2: them three years in a row. Beat
1: them three years in a row. You know, so at some point I think you got to look outside your bubble and realize that you can be Montana and be as confident and as arrogant and all of that as you ever wanted to be you still have to realize what's out there and I totally actually agree with what coach Houck's broad premise was when he said that when things are linear and the hierarchy is properly structured based on resources and tradition there is no excuse for Montana to be anything but number one but to get there you got to be better than you are right now. And part of that, though, is acknowledging that who you're playing is way better than they were once upon a time.
2: And I think that that reality has creeped in a little bit more, but the, his post game was interesting to me, right? And we had talked about this, the, the revelation, or at least saying, well, hey, we've lost on the road to two top five teams. That's at least admitting in the sense of, all right, Big Sky Conference is better, but you can't really have it both ways, right? When, when you're talking sure. about this situation and where Montana's put themselves in because they have created, as we've mentioned, these weights, the, the weight of expectation that's on their shoulders. And now trying to get it right. And how do you do that internally? You try and say, okay, well, everything is circumstantial. But I like this big picture look that you're taking right now because I think it helps explain how Montana has gotten to this point and all the factors that have led them into. Why? Let's just call it what it is. Through eight games, this season is a massive disappointment as of right now. If you're going to
1: take it one week at a time, yet have the narrative surrounding your program be about the total picture, it's one or the other. you got to figure out which one it is. The second thing that this reminds me of, or the second thing that this brings to my mind, is that during fall camp, the Grizzlies were an unbelievably confident bunch, and Bobby Houck was not taking any... Uh, of the bait when it came to talking about the, the normal ins and outs of analyzing a fall camp, you know, position battles or question marks or any of that stuff. He said multiple times on the record, I don't have any questions about this team. And now when you look at what Montana has on the field, I think that they did a great job of filling in the blank spots in certain areas, but they have questions, Why aren't you? Why, if Lucas Johnson goes down, why aren't you better at backup quarterback? How do you have a young man in Chris Brown who I I, I, this is not anything personal against Chris Brown? He is not a Division I quarterback, he cannot process in the scope of a game. He holds on to the ball way too long. When you watch him, he looks like a million bucks, man. He throws a he throws the best ball on the team. I don't even think it's close. It doesn't matter if you can't get the thing out of your hand. But that's just the 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 tip, the, the very tip of the iceberg.
2: I mean, it just one stat to back that up. The Grizz, through seven games, had allowed seven sacks. There was four in the game Saturday. It could have been five, I think, by my count, uh, I too. Thought, I thought
1: I had it at six. There yeah. was two times where he got back to the line. But, you know, my my unofficial score had it at six. and But four official sacks, 13 tackles for loss, uh, for Weber State. And again, credit where credit is due. Weber State is really, really good defensively. It was a horrible matchup for the Grizzlies. Just this
2: is not an excuse, but the worst possible matchup oh, for to lead sure. a backup quarterback in on the road would be for against sure. Weber State. But again, that does not excuse anything that we're going to talk about. Well, I
1: mean, Bobby Houck said in the post game, he said, we were unable to take deep shots down the field because Weber State plays man coverage on the outside and they have a, a deep post safety in the middle of the field. Okay, but like... If it's that simple, you've got to have somebody that can... You have to have an answer for that. You can't just reconcile yourself from not being able to use the middle of the football field while you're on offense. That's the whole key to college football. But, I mean, it's not just the the, the quarterback situation in Montana. First of all, you got to have more guys that can play, period. Montana hasn't had a starter stay healthy for the duration of a season for 10 years, right? I mean... Jordan Johnson was the last one. I mean, that's crazy. But it's also not crazy because everybody's quarterback gets hurt, right? I mean... On down the line, Eric Berry was in and out of the lineup at Eastern Washington. Davis Alexander got hurt at Portland State. The Cats have had multiple—they've had each one of their starters
2: knocked I out I hate this making year. this comparison right now because it's pouring salt in the wound. But how about Idaho State's third-string quarterback that started against Montana's defense I mean, on can, October 1st? He can function. Absolutely.
1: He can functionally Quickly. get the ball out Quickly. of his hands. I mean, so it, questions that I would have had if I was Bobby Houck is, first of all, he pushed back on questions about the, the specialists— Patrick rohrbach has been great. I think he's an All American. I think he's—I I actually think he's one of the Grizz' five best
2: players. I, I think he's going to be the greatest punter in Grizz history. He's, when it's he's, all said he's and done.
1: unbelievably talented. The kicking game, not good. They have not been—they have been unfunctional kicking field goals. I mean, they're what four of eleven right now, and they would have, I think, five kicks that have been blocked. If it wasn't for the one that got blocked by Weber State that still went through the uprights, that in itself is mind blowing to me as well. I mean, Bobby Howe for any and all of the varying opinions you could have about him, is absolutely one of the best special teams coaches in the country. Last week he was asked about it. He pushed back. He said, field goal unit is an offensive function. That's fine. If, if, if it's not in the special teams umbrella, it's an offensive function. That's another knock against your offense. And I also just think that this all comes down to, though, full circle. What has held the Grizz back for the last 10 years? compared to what they were for the 10 years prior to that. It's the ability to run the football. That's it. That is it, and that is all. And so you can talk about overturning the coaching staff from Bobby Houck to Robin Flugrad to Mick Delaney to Bob Stitt back to Bobby Houck. You can talk about a variety of different offensive line coaches, whatever. At the end of the day, it ain't good enough. Sac State's running the ball with authority. Idaho runs the ball with authority. Montana State runs the ball right down your throat. Weber State, against the best defense in the conference, just rushed for almost 200 yards. Everybody in the conference has at least functional to above average to great offensive lines. They can run the football. Montana, they have such a hard time running the ball. And what what better way to take some pressure off a young quarterback that's back there? And I'm just so baffled by what they do offensively. When they do bring in stuff that's creative and alternative packages, it, there's no precursor to it. How predictable is it that's, from your, your... That's what I'm saying. View. When you're, I mean, when they, they when they ran that reverse with Aaron Fonts, you knew they were going to run the reverse because they'd never run that package before. They put him in the, in the middle of the three trips on the side, motion and pre-snap, boom, it's a tackle for loss. So th- just, there's just a lot lacking here from a coaching perspective that I'm just very baffled by.
2: First wildcat formation they tried to run, Marcus Knight ran right into Junior Bergen in that regard. And to your point, Coulter, 38 rushing attempts for 42 yards, one yard a carry. I mean, that whether it's against a good defense, a bad defense, an average defense, you got to find a way, right? And I think that a crazy number is explosive plays or lack thereof of explosive plays. They haven't
1: over 30 yards since Portland State,
2: since Northwestern State. So we're talking the opening game of the year. Throw that one out. The last seven games for Montana, they have not had more than two plays of 25 yards or more in a game. There's no explosive plays at all, trying to methodically move it down the field. It's dink, dunk. And for that, to have long, sustained drives, what do you need to do? Run the football and obviously be able to stay patient. Two things that the Grizz offense has obviously not shown they've been able to do this year.
1: No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks to our great sponsors for helping us bring you the Montana Football Hour. rally. Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. Uh, in studio with me Also thanks to Town Pump for getting us to and from Ogden uh, Tracked at 986 miles in 33 hours So that was fun Wow! Uh, you know, got a little Mexican food in Dillon on the way down Got a little uh, Union Station there in downtown Ogden Right before we hit the road Nice place couldn't, uh, couldn't have done it without Town Pump Town Pump by the mile They'll be keeping us on the road Throughout all the Big Sky Conference play And uh, we'll be you, giving you some free Town Pump gift cards uh, Right after, uh, a little bit later on this week Excuse me um, it, it just all goes back to just such fundamental frustration because I think that that's why the fan base and those that follow the Grizz collectively are, uh, are up in arms right now because it, it is so rudimentary. Here's the thing. I think that the reason people love Bobby Houck and the reason they love Bobby Houck's Grizz teams is because when they're good, they're great, and when they're great, they're so on brand. They play so hard. They are filled with montana kids that are great upstart stories they play together people love it that that is it's the brand that they love but they have almost an impossible time of altering when things go awry i would say that riley has a new inside the den podcast that'll drop here pretty soon thanks to blackfoot communications for uh, their help with that but as i was telling you before we recorded that it's almost as if well, first of all, I can tell you this, and you know this being around the coaching staff and, and the program. Nobody prepares harder or longer than this Grizz coaching staff. I don't know if harder and longer is better anymore in this day and age, but I can tell you definitively that they prepare unbelievably hard, long hours, and I think they prepare pretty damn well. When the plan goes awry, they have a really, really hard time altering the plan
2: and getting back on script so to speak right or or to be able to feel comfortable when you are off script and i think when the game situation takes a turn for the worse and all that Idaho game i think that was the yeah. the first tell, tell-tale sign of it a little bit and we've seen it creep in the last two I, i've got a question not to go too off topic from you it's along the same lines of the offensive frustration yeah. you know this league better than anybody Montana's skill position players yeah Talent-wise, compared to the rest of the Big Sky, where would you put them? Would you put them in the upper echelon, middle of the pack, not up to par? Because you know where I'm going with this, but I want to ask that question yeah. off the top first.
1: Man, I think it's... I. Th- here's, the, here's the biggest referendum I could give to the offensive coaches. I don't know the answer to that question because I don't think that half the guys that I think should be getting the ball have gotten the ball in positions to succeed. Like, I, I know that I... I was thinking about this. I have... I think, covered about 225 Big Sky Conference football games now. I can say fully, definitively, that that was the poorest, most downtrodden game plan offensively that I've seen in my life. And I covered Jeff Choate when he didn't have a quarterback for two years. (laughs) Those offenses were at least one-dimensional. This offense has no dimension. I mean, they're they're running inside zone to almost no effect. They don't get any sort of uh, separation. And they don't even do the littlest things. I mean like if i got a third and eight which how many third and eights did they have on on saturday I mean, was in every third I mean, down I was third say and eight you were you were like probably
2: on repeat third I and eight mean, for the grizzlies one yard gain two yard gain third and seven third and eight that's that's what it felt like for the majority i
1: know of you're it. trying to run this system and continuity for your players or whatever but at some point you got to just put the ball in the hands of the guys that can that can win the game for you and or just convert the first down put Cole grossman on the short side of the field and run him to the wide side of the field. Same thing with Junior Bergen. Like, find matchups that isolate it. And so I don't know, like, if Cole Grossman played for Sac State, would he have Marshall Martin-like numbers or we have no idea who he was? I'm not sure. You know, if Aaron Fonz played at Eastern Washington, would he have 70 catches or or not? I don't know. I do know that Junior Bergen, when he gets the ball in his hands, is lightning in a bottle. You got to get that guy more touches. I know that they're limited in their ability to get guys touches, but it's just mind-blowing to me the, the things that ail Montana could be fixed by making things more simple, not more complex.
2: That's the part that's so maddening to watch. You know how many plays in that game went for more than eight yards for Montana's offense? One. Two. Two, they had two plays of over eight yards in the game. I mean, Wide receivers had nine catches, they averaged five yards per completion.
1: I I was looking at Chris Brown's long hit a twenty yarder. I don't remember that.
2: It was the Cole Grossman split out first quarter. They gave it to him right away. Yeah, right. Then after that, they had a Mitch Roberts completion for eighteen. After yep. that, it was nothing. And I'm with you, Cole Grossman, Junior Bergen, Aaron Fonts. Right. Th- those are the guys that are explosive. And I keep going back to that word because functionality with offense. It, there's so many different layers to it, but you gotta be able to take the lid off of it right and have explosive plays keep the defense honest because it has been so easy to see Coulter through an x's and O standpoint teams are daring montana to do something different and they just quite frankly have not done it for two three weeks now
1: and i also just can't help but wonder we've seen the chris brown deal play out i mean we've seen them not have any trust in him them have this completely conservative game plan they went three and one with him as a starter last year so i don't know if that gives them some sort of False confidence, but everything that I've seen in Chris Browning games, he's unfunctional. And I don't understand why they don't try to go with someone else because I I get that Daniel Britt's a freshman. I get that AJ Abbott's only been in the program for a couple months. It's not, you can only be better than what they've had so far.
2: Well, I think a lot of people, myself included, you take Chris Brown's big sample size, and you say, okay, he's, he's appeared in 19 games, and he made four starts last year. But let's take a deeper dive. Yes, he went 3-1 and one as a starter. Okay, but the wins were against Dixie State, now Utah Tech. That's right. Southern Utah in the worst game of the year that they won by one.
1: That needed a Marcus Welnell field goal at the very end to barely pull it out.
2: And a good road win at an Idaho team that had... Sure. That, that sailed it in with Paul Petrina. So with that being said, not trying to knock it any further. I, I just think it's worth going one step further in that and saying, okay, yes, three and one, but at the same time, was the offense killing it at that point? I, I
1: don't know. And like I always say, Montana Football Hour here on Nuana's Now, like I always say, sometimes we make this way too complicated. Sometimes it's as easy as just observing the humans in front of you. What I saw from the moment Lucas Johnson got knocked out until the end of the game against Weber State on Saturday was not a confident team. What was not a team that looked like they were going to just go compete. And you can say, okay, they only lost by a score in overtime. Uh, you can say that uh, you know they only lost by a field goal. It, w- it, was a, it was a, ref
2: this, ref that. It, was, it right? was a
1: team holding on for dear life rather than a team that's just going and getting it. Let's let's take two night games in two different weeks at Sacramento, for example. Sac State beat Montana 31-24 in overtime. They beat Idaho 31-28 on Saturday night. Those two games were so vastly different in the way that the teams were like going back and forth. Idaho had so much swag and they're you know they're taking shots and they're making plays and they come up just short. But that's the type of coming up just short where you can go to your guys and say, "Hey, man, we were right there on the road, number two team in the country." That's what Coach Houck's trying to tout to his guys. That's what you should tout. But you can just feel it. They got to get their swagger back. It's as easy as the Grizz win when the Grizz are you know the bully on the block. The Grizz
2: need to figure out a way to get back to that point. Good observation on your part because that has been the feel since. Lucas Johnson went out last week. It was a matter of, can the time go fast enough? Holding on for dear life. Right. Everything is catered to, okay, our defense has to be right. elite, and we just can't screw it up right. in the other areas. Right, And that's not championship. And, 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 that, and that's, again, it's worth saying this. The expectations that we're saying are national championship contenders. Well, And also, if you're
1: Montana, you should have a redshirt freshman quarterback that's the the man, that's ready to go, that fans are so excited about. I know some people are excited about (laughs) Daniel Britt. Why can't you just give him a shot? And if he's not the dude, we asked Coach Alk about this after the game, and he said the depth chart is what it is for a reason. All right, well, if that's the case, and everybody that's behind Chris Brown on the depth chart— can't perform at even as high a level as chris brown you got issues you got to be better
2: at recruiting quarterbacks and my thing is if you run 54 plays and have 114 yards could it get any worse that's the question yeah it I mean, couldn't have got any worse so why not at uh, least have a spark i'm just, there I'm just thinking, thinking about
1: this just right off the top of my head we're going to take a break here in just a minute montana football hour here on new is now riley corcoran voice of the grids joining me Coulter new a little uh uh, uh, what, what do you call this? Uh, a little therapy session for all of you out there. Um, as I always say, I don't have a horse in this race whatsoever. I just think that it's very disappointing to watch any organization or any, any group of people that you know has massive potential. And the other thing I will say too is that knowing these guys, this is one of my favorite Grizz teams that there's been in terms of the the, the guys on the team. I've gotten to know Marcus Wellnell on a personal level. I love that kid, man. I think he is an outstanding kid. I think that he does it the right way. I'm so impressed with his accomplishments. I mean, I, I was in line at the the burrito place with Patrick O'Connell the other day. Love that dude, Amazing. man. like, I would hire that dude tomorrow. Like, he's such a personable, cool guy. So that, all that said, uh, the last thing I'll say uh, about this is that you just like when Kevin Thompson got hurt for Sacramento State, they had Jake Dunaway who was ready to go. When Eric, when Gage Gubrud got hurt at Eastern Washington, Eric Berrier, while he pipped him. I mean, he, Eric yeah. Berrier never gave him the job back. Gage Gruber had to transfer not because he wanted to move up because he could, didn't have a spot at Eastern Washington anymore. Like. Matt McKay pieces out, goes to the transfer portal. Tom Law comes in and leads them to the national championship. Like, in November,
2: December, mind uh, you. That's what I'm
1: saying. like, At some point, it, it, you have to either have a better guy ready to go or you have to have trust in the dudes you have in the program. Either way, though, that falls on not the players. That falls on uh, the, the people making decisions. This is the Montana Football Hour presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy supporting your friends and your neighbors. We are going to take a step outside the Grizz, give you a a few pieces of info about state championships from around uh, the state this last weekend, including a high school football playoff update, and then we'll get back three big things about the Grizz. And look at the rest of the Big Sky Conference. The Montana Football Hour continues. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. College athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana. And it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuana's here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe. For only $8 a month or $90 a year, SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. ESPN Radio. Welcome back. It's Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanez, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. Happy to be coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company, Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. Montana Football Hour, presented by the Advocates. Remember, if you've been in an accident, There are people that can help you. The Advocates offers free consultations to discuss your case, and you won't pay a dime until they win your case. The Advocates know it's scary. Give them a call, 406-640-4444. And always remember, you deserve an advocate. Uh, Before we get back into some Grizz talk, a quick uh, update on the uh, wider world of high school sports. First, the high school football playoffs. Just some quick scores for you. Kalispell Glacier rolled in their first round game against Billings Senior, 31-0. So the Wolfpack advance. Gage Slider, the quarterback for the Kalispell Glacier at Wolfpack, who's had an outstanding senior year, he will join us uh, tomorrow. Butte High, they got uh, out of the first round with a 35-21 win over Great Falls High. Uh, The Bulldogs head coach, Ari Gray, he will also join us tomorrow, so excited to uh, catch up with Coach Gray. Missoula Sentinel, two-time defending state champions. They got all they could handle in the first half against Great Falls CMR. But then they uh, put the pedal down, run past CMR, 50-31. to 31. So, Sentinel uh, into the final eight, and they play at Billings West, the fifth matchup between these two squads in the last three years. Uh,
2: fitting. West is probably thinking, finally at our place. But yeah, no, finally. No, no
1: kidding, right? Uh, Bose McGallitin, they drill Missoula Big Sky 42 to nothing, And uh, so, the Raptors, their first victory in their um, – School's history and a whole bunch of other great results. Probably the most impactful one for our listeners in Western Montana and around Missoula is that Missoula Loyola breaks through and they get a playoff win at Townsend. So huge win for Todd Hughes's guys. We'll be catching up with Coach Hughes a little later on this week as well. Loyola's been super up and down. Coach Hughes loved his squad coming in the the year. They had some injuries, and when you're at a small school like that, and especially a private school like Loyola. You might go from senior to freshman real quick. So he had a couple of freshmen on the offensive line just treading water. They got some guys back. They really got better down the stretch. They played well in their season finale against Florence. And uh, then they were able to get uh, onto the board uh, in the playoffs. And so they move on. Very good for them. Uh, always love Coach Hughes. Always root for him because he's just such a great guy, such a fun guy to talk football with. The uh, state soccer playoffs. Missoula Hellgate, the AA champions for the fourth year in a row, a one nothing win uh, over Billing Senior. Bozeman-Gallatin, and don't be surprised if this is a trend. Gallatin's going to get real competitive real quick. If you know anything about Bozeman, the way the city is growing is into the district that is Bozeman-Gallatin, so you're going to have a lot, a lot of great athletes there. And
2: with the way they split it up, Bozeman and Ashley, it's like, okay, you're going to take your lumps for a year or two, but now we're already starting to see the fruits of that for them, for all sports.
1: They made most of the no seniors go to to Bozeman-Gallatin, so now you had a bunch of underclassmen getting varsity experience. Now we're year three. The Bozeman Galton girls soccer team wins the double-A title, uh, a 3-1 win over uh, Missoula Sentinel. So that's their first soccer title in their uh, school's history. And I believe their second title overall because they won state golf last year. Uh, and then in the A level, uh, in the boys' A, Columbia Falls beats Livingston 5-2. So we got a new champion in Class A after what an unbelievable dominant run by Whitefish. They won four in a row. And then in... Uh, Girls soccer, Belling Central, a two-one win over Whitefish. That's Riley's alma mater. That's ten.
2: Count them ten state championships for a the dynasty, Rams. Dynasty. Dynasty for the Rams. Soccer program, you know. I'd like to say I contributed to that, but <laughs> but but in no regard, but congrats to the Rams. Yeah, they have got a role in there. It's it's interesting. Class A soccer. It's whitefish. Billing central, yeah. it's, it's it's the usual suspects every year. Well, I, I mean, it, it shows you how
1: important having, you know, development in youth development mm-hmm. in your in your towns. And, I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of Class A towns that are pretty isolated, that don't have resources very close to a city. I think it's not that coincidental that, you know, the Flathead buildings, like, y- y- you got some, some pretty strong... Like the building central kids, they're playing in the building's youth leagues their whole life. it's just a right? club
2: program too of what they right, can do, right. especially at this level outside of the high school. And game that's too.
1: what's always fun about building central too is like just a lot of times a great one of the great athletes in buildings will just go to central, right? right? They'll they'll just go there because of family ties or you know they're Catholics or what you know whatever it might be. So uh, we'll have more coverage
2: of state soccer and all of that. I do have one football question for you, sure. okay? Because now I'm locked in. I'm, I'm locked in the final eight, pretty much everywhere. Double A, we finally have some big time matchups. Top four teams all got to buy last week. Yep. Who is most on upset alert this week? Whether it's High Flying Glacier going to Bozeman, whether it's Upstart Gallatin against Helena High. I don't think Butte has much of a chance against Capital or yeah. Sentinel Billings West. I see three of those four being maybe good games. No, oh, for
1: sure. I don't really know how you'd call the, the two-time defending state champs. <laughs> true.
2: Pulling an upset, but,
1: but Sentinel-West is going to be a good game. I mean, Sentinel already beat West to start this year out, and uh, Sentinel's good. I think they needed a readjustment after sort of having to learn to lose again. I mean, that, that group of kids has never lost before, and so they had to figure out how to bounce back from a loss. The the Bozeman game is, is very interesting. Because Glacier's so me. explosive. Glacier's just been rolling it up. I mean, they're scoring 50-plus points a game. Bozeman, though, they went 0-2 to start the season because they had to play Capital and Sentinel. They haven't lost since, so they're one of the hottest teams in the state. And Levi Westy knows what he's doing there as well. So there, there's going to be some fun games uh, at the AA level uh, as the Asheville football playoffs march on. Okay, three big things about the Grizz and a look around the Big Sky, but we're going to take a break first. We'll be right back. Keep it right here. Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Blackfoot Communications. Actually, before we we take a break. I I am your distinguished guest, or one of uh, on your uh, Inside the Den. Actually, there's a lot more distinguished guests than me. Uh, what's going on inside the Den? Presented by Blackfoot Communications.
2: No doubt, it's the start of four straight weeks of the Inside the Den. So be on the lookout every Monday. Uh, we go through the Weber game, of course. We have Kent Haslam on, it, and it's a wide ranging conversation all the fall sports. But we get Kent's reaction to the Sac State call, his conversation with Commissioner Whistler. and really, this is a tease out there. But go listen about conference realignment and where Montana is at right now in the. The ever-evolving landscape, Kent was very transparent about it. He's also on the FCS playoff committee. So we talked with Kent, and, and me and you were able to chop it up as well and talk to anything big sky football. We dove into this Grizz situation and did an early look on who we think, player of the year, coach of the year, newcomer of the year. So go check it out, gogrizz.com slash inside the den. And our thanks to Blackfoot for uh, having this collaboration come to life for us and for sponsoring the Inside the Den.
1: Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, here on the Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications helping you connect to more. Three big things about the Grizz, plus a look around the rest of the FCS right after this. Keep it right here. Go on, is now, ESPN Radio.
0: now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide
1: on SWX Montana Television. Little Nuanas now, little ESPN Radio, and a little bit of a Montana football hour with a Montana Grizz-centric view here today. The Bobcats coming off a bye. The Grizz coming off their third loss in a row. I am Coulter Nuanas. He is Riley Corcoran. We do this the first hour of each Monday show here on Duanas Now. It's presented in part by Stockman Bank. When you bank with Stockman Bank, you receive personalized customer service. Your phone call always answered by a live person, blending traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology. Stockman Bank provides time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. I gave you my three broad thoughts about uh, this three-game losing streak for the Grizz, but here's three big things about the Grizz. That's been kind of our consistent theme here at Nuanas Now. Uh, Number one, Montana's offense with Chris Brown at the helm just simply can't go on. And I know that um, you had Coach Alka on your pregame show, Riley, on the uh, Grizzly Radio Network, and they said that Lucas Johnson was maybe a game-time decision, but that he had been cleared, and he dressed out, and then he came out uh, after halftime in street clothes. No need for... I'm not asking you if he's cleared this week or not because I know you don't know yet. And, you know, obviously that's stuff that they don't want out there uh, early in the week. But... I mean, where are we at with the Montana quarterback situation? Because it's just, it's very clear, unless they
2: somehow make Chris Brown figure it out, that they just they got to have a different answer. Well, and I think internal confidence is always a big thing, right? And I, I think that we have been trying to diagnose, figure out, you know, the ins and the outs of, of why Montana's in the situation they're at. And I think that obviously, trust would be a big part of that right now. Do they trust that they can move the football down there if it is not Lucas Johnson at quarterback? And you're right. Coach Houck said it in the pregame interview with me that he the Lucas was feeling fine, um, that he just didn't have the preparation throughout the week, and so it was going to be Chris Brown's game. They put him out there to warm up, a little bit of window dressing there. But uh, it's very intriguing to me because... When offense doesn't work, you go in and you try and find a spark in one way, one form, or fashion. And I understand that Daniel Britt is a redshirt freshman. I get that. And I get that he he played against Northwestern State. He got one game of experience in there. But at the same time, he did rep with the twos. Now, I understand Montana's formula is that two quarterbacks rep throughout the week, and there's not much time for a third. Totally understand that. So, So when Lucas Johnson's healthy, we're not worried about Daniel Britt. But when your quarterback's out, I would think it's it's all hands on deck, right? And Chris Brown went through the preparation, and the thing is, Daniel Britt ran with the twos last week. So it is a little bit intriguing that... uh, You know, he did not get time on the field. I expected him to be out there, quite frankly, never did. And I'm with you. And this is nothing from a personal standpoint. I think that we both need to echo this because it's not a personal attack on any player because they all try truly to the best of their ability in the situation they're put in but with what we've seen with montana offensively with chris brown right now it is just it's getting hard to function at the level that montana needs to function at if they want to be a champion and you
1: said it too it's the it's the trust and confidence of the organization in the young man And, and, and in just in themselves with someone at the most important position in sports i mean you recruited the kid for a reason, man. Like that's the thing, and, and I've seen this. Through, it's it's a phenomenon that is beyond description. If anybody knew how to describe it, they'd be making a hundred million dollars a year to coach in the NFL. But there's guys that in one on one and seven on seven and whatever look great, and the the faster the game gets and the more the defense plays, the the worse they are. There's also guys that you're like, eh, that guy can't really do much of anything when you're just watching him. Th- I mean, you see Daniel Britt, he's like 5'10". Gamer. I mean, he's nothing- he's tiny. But I-, I don't know if he's this guy or not. But, like, I just remember watching Montana State practice in the middle of the year last year. Talking him a lot, you're like, that guy's fast-tracking outside linebacker. He's going to make a great receiver someday, whatever. But then he gets in games and he balls. I mean... Once upon time, Dave Dickinson was that guy, man. And I'm not saying that Daniel brison next Dave Dickinson. All I'm saying is there's some dudes who, when they get in games, are way worse than what you've seen all week long in practice. You never know how they're going to react. There's also some dudes, you put them in the game, and they just soar. You're never going to know
2: unless you put them in the game. There's only one way to find out, and I would even go back one step further. Those early games where the game was completely out yeah. of whack, that's kind of your uh, – that's the opportunity to do that. I just – I don't understand –
1: One of the most frustrating Phenomenons in college sports to me Is when coaches recruit guys And they know exactly why they recruited them And they don't give them a chance to do The things that they recruited them to do we see this in basketball all the time where coaches fall in love with the guy, then they get him in their program, and then they just fall out of love with them, and they just put him in a box, and they won't ever let him do anything. New ones now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. The Advocates offers free consultation. They'll help you defer medical bills. Chat online today, MontanaAdvocates.com. Number two big thing about the Grizz, you got to get your playmakers to the ball. You already asked me that. Uh, but, I mean... Xavier Harris has had three carries in two weeks. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. You got to block better for whoever's getting the ball. And it's not as if Nick Osmo and Marcus Knight are just garbage options. They're good players. Xavier Harris is, is really talented.
2: You also just need to figure out a way to get Cole Grossman, Aaron Foster. you need to get these guys the ball. Xavier Harris is different. Osmo and Knight are similar. That's Harris right. is different. Throw something out. I'm with you. Harris not having a touch last week in a career low two against Sack State. Grossman having four catches in three weeks. Aaron Fonts has still not had a catch this year over 22 yards. I think I watched him in spring ball, fall camp, have a catch of 50 yards or more every single day, hasn't had more than a 22-yard completion. So I echo those sentiments as well with uh, playmakers trying to get him the ball as much as possible. Point number three, I think that at
1: some point, you got to realize this big picture for the grizz that the world evolves the world changes and so much of what was important it still can remain important but this this steadfast attitude and almost strategy that just going harder than the other team and being tougher than them is going to win you games all the time it doesn't work you have to have you certainly have to have toughness you certainly have to have effort you need to have other things to help you navigate the scope of a game. You just wonder if Montana's just too short-sighted in what they think is their key element to victory. I mean, you could run inside zone until you're blue in the face and expect the guys to blow the team off the ball. At some point, they... Those dudes are on scholarship too. I mean Weaver State's defensive line's awesome. You
2: gotta make some adjustments. You gotta figure out a way to run something else. What's the definition of insanity? That's right. Doing the same
1: thing over and over and over and over again.
2: <laughs> and expecting different results. Riley
1: Corkin Voice of the Grizz in studio with me, Coulter Nijuanez. This is the Montana football hour. It's presented in part by Blackfoot Communications.
2: And I don't want to jump in here, but this this is interesting, right? On on October thirty first. Yeah. We're going to look back on this three weeks from this day. Yeah. This day, November twenty-first, I've already yep. got it circled. Yep. We're going to look back at this show and say, you know, it, this we saw all of these signs, and, sure. and this team couldn't quite figure it out, didn't get, didn't make it happen. Total disappointment of a season. We also could be sitting here, and if for some reason they figure it out and win three in a row, and they're the team that nobody wants to face in the playoffs, it could still be. I want to say salvageable, but yes, obviously, all everything that we brought up today is completely valid. It's just going to be interesting. The next three weeks, as we all know, determine it all.
1: A question from Twitter, and this will get us into our uh, last little point here uh, about the rest of the Big Sky Conference, is... How will the playoff committee treat Montana knowing Johnson, that's Lucas Johnson, senior quarterback, was out for most of the Sac State game and all of Weber and the Grizz only lost by a combined 10 points? You talked to Kent Haslam, who uh, Montana Athletic Director, who's on the selection committee. What
2: did he say? He had an exact answer to that exact question. Make sure you listen to the inside the den, but I will tell you what he said. He said all of those circumstantial things are absolutely brought on the table. So that is a contributing factor, and that's why – in my own opinion, with no other knowledge other than knowing that fact, a seven-win Montana team is in because of those circumstantial things. So I know that there's a lot of people out there that want to stir the pot, seven and four, they in or they're not. That does play a part in when the committee looks at each team's resume that, oh, well, they didn't have their starting quarterback for two games. They lost to two top five road teams by single digits. So, yes, th- that, that absolutely plays a factor.
1: All right. So let's look at the rest of the country. First of all, I already referenced the Idaho game. The, I guess the Sac State game is what I should call it. Uh, Sac State won for the eighth week in a row. They're eight and They're one of four FCS teams left undefeated. They're five and oh in big sky conference play. They're certainly in the driver's seat. They're 20 and one against big sky competition since Troy Taylor took over. And it took a great effort because they were up 24 seven. Idaho comes screaming back. Hayden Hatton went nuts, caught three touchdowns for the Vandals in the second half. Idaho's up 28 24 late in the fourth quarter. And the National O'Hara engineers a awesome touchdown drive at the very end. A highlight reel, spinning, diving, leaping touchdown to uh, put Sac State back up on top. That was the other
2: big impact from around the country. And you look at it, too, w- with the Hornets at 8-0. They play at Weber State this week. Ear- early look at that, Coulter, It's a pick em game. Offense against defense. That could be for a couple of home games down the line. So, big one there from, from the national landscape. For folks that do follow this, if you look at the top eight in the media poll this week, South Dakota State, Sacramento State, Montana State, North Dakota State, Weber State, and then Holy Cross, Incarnate, Word, William, and Mary, those are the eight teams. There's a pretty good gap, I would say, after that, that those are the eight teams that are in control of their own destiny with three weeks left to go for those very, very coveted first-round buys. Is
1: there any team that you think that can make not even any team.
2: Nationally or Big Sky? Nationally. Okay,
1: I guess what I'm asking is we touted all, all along on the Inside the Den podcast today which you can check out presented by Blackfoot Communications that perhaps we're getting back to the way the FCS used to be where the team playing the best is the team that has the opportunity to make the deepest run would it shock you if someone that wasn't from the Big Sky Conference or the Missouri Valley Football Conference won the national championship this year?
2: It would shock me. It would shock it me. It would too. shock me. Yeah. I think I mean there could be a team that goes on a run, but to do it for four straight weeks, it would absolutely shock me. I think the CAA is a little bit behind where they're not gonna be able to compete week in, week out with the rest and then incarnate word. Great story, but ten and one, are you are you afraid going down to San Antonio and playing that? Yeah, right.
1: No doubt. Uh Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz, Montana Football Hour he does this the first hour of each Monday show here on Nuanas Now. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, man. Absolutely.
2: It was a fun day. You got you
1: got a lot of me on this Monday. That's exactly right. Uh, check out the Inside the Den podcast as well. Thanks to Stockman Bank, your Montana brand of banking, Blackfoot Communications, helping you connect to more, and the Advocates, reminding you that you deserve an advocate. Chat online 24-7 at MontanaAdvocates.com. Hour one on the books, hour two coming at you. The Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. That's next. Keep it right here. It's Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.